0: and helping Christians stay informed about government. This puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio.
1: I think it is time for a good government shutdown. You heard me right. I think it's time for a good government shutdown. To borrow that quote, from President Donald Trump. Welcome to Exposing Washington this Saturday afternoon on the American Family Radio Network. I'm your host, Walker Wildman. This show airs on uh, the American Family Radio Network exclusively each Saturday afternoon at 2.30 p.m. Central. You can also catch the podcast at AFR.net, our website, afr net or you can uh, visit the podcast store on your smartphone or your tablet device, and you can download the podcast there free of charge. Just type in "Exposing Washington." If you want to, another way to keep up with the show, is to follow me on Twitter at Walker Wildman on Twitter at Walker Wildman on Twitter. Lastly, you can email me Exposing Washington at afr. .net, exposingwashington.afr.net. Welcome to the show. I just returned uh, uh, that later this uh, week, or in the latter end of this week on Thursday, I returned from Texas, and I visited Texas, Austin, Texas, to be specific, and I went to something called Patriot Academy, something called Patriot Academy. And Patriot Academy is essentially a leadership training camp where, where, where this, this, this uh, academy trains students from ages 16 to 25. They train them in the Constitution. They train them in the Bible. And they train them in the history of our country. And they do this through various means. But Patriot Academy is something I graduated back a couple of years ago. And Patriot Academy really, really helped me form a biblical worldview when it comes to politics and public policy. And so I went out to Patriot Academy, visited with the students there, and had a great time. So if you have a young person in your family, or even if you're an adult and you would like to attend Patriot Academy, you can do so next summer. Next summer, you can visit their website, patriotacademy.com, patriotacademy.com. But moving on here, President Trump hosted a roundtable with pastors and faith leaders this past week. And this was really uh, about prison reform and about how, how President Trump's administration can help the inner city and those living in the inner city. And so some of these pastors who were attending this round t- roundtable at the White House these pastors were facing a lot of criticism from their, from their congregation and their communities and others for attending this event with President Trump. And so that being said, one of the pastors, for example, his name is John Gray, and he's a pastor out of South, South Carolina. And Pastor Gray struggled with whether or not to attend this roundtable because of some of the criticism that he received even prior to making the decision on whether to go or not. But nonetheless, Pastor John Gray out of South Carolina attended the roundtable in the, in the uh, White House. And I just want to play what he said to his congregation after he returned from Washington, D.C. He returned to his church a day or two later after going to the White House, and this is what he said to his congregation this is clip one there's two clips here and i'm going to play both of them kind of back to back but i'll set the second one up Uh, so let's listen to clip one this is pastor john gray
0: i along with a number of other leaders from uh, the african-american and hispanic communities were invited to the white house today to uh, speak with the president about uh, criminal justice reform and identifying ways where churches can partner with helping to reacclimate nonviolent non-violent offenders into the workforce so that we can stop them from going back to prison, getting them jobs with benefits so they can provide for themselves and their families, breaking multi-generational poverty cycles. And while I was there, I was asked to pray for our president and our nation, and I did that.
1: So that's Pastor John Gray, a black pastor out of South Carolina, leads a very successful church there. When I say successful church, I mean a very thriving and influential church for the gospel. And I don't know Pastor John Gray personally. Actually, i never heard of him until... Uh, started reading into this a little bit. But that was Pastor John Gray basically giving a, a preface or a background as to why he went to the White House and what they were talking about while he attended. He mentioned there that he was able to pray for our president and pray for our country. And then I want to play clip two here. This is the, the, same, uh, the same context. He's talking to his congregation, and this is the latter end of his statements, where he kind of defends himself and why he decided to go to the White House. Let's listen.
0: I did not go as a politician, nor did I go under partisan rhetoric. I'm not a Democrat, nor a Republican, nor an Independent. I'm a Christian. And I went as a man of God. And I wanted to be heard that if there's anybody who thinks, they're above praying for people who sometimes they may not agree with, then you don't have the heart of Christ. And I want it to be said that as a kingdom church, we have people from every different background, walk of life, and political persuasion. And though we may not agree on everything, we agree on the blood.
1: Well, there you have it. That's clip two of Pastor John Gray out of South Carolina. I believe I'll look up the name of his church and post it on the podcast page. But that's him, and he, what he's saying there, and he said it well. I'm not trying to, you know, enhance his words. But to sum up that, those two clips here, what he's saying is, I was invited to the White House by the President of the United States, the most powerful position in the world, And I chose to accept that invitation so that I could go be a part of finding solutions to the problems with our country, specifically facing the black community. And he said, then I was offered to pray for our country and for our president, and I accepted that, and I did so. And he said, basically... Those of you who cannot see the biblical justification for praying for our leaders and praying for those we disagree with, you don't have the heart of Christ. And I completely agree there. So praise God for men like Pastor Gray and praise God that the people's house is open for prayer. And that the Trump administration is trying to find solutions to a lot of the problems facing the black community and other communities across our our, our country. And I'll post the Fox News article about that subject on our podcast page. You can read a lot more into that topic. But changing the subject here, President Trump recently threatened to shut down the government in order to get his border wall funding. And the reason he did this is because Congress has yet to fund President Trump's proposed border wall along much of the southern border of the United States. And why Congress has not funded President Trump's border wall is baffling to me. But at the same time, I understand why why they're not doing it. And that is because many of the politicians in Washington do not think that we need a border wall, and they do not agree with the idea, or the premise of a border wall. And so President Trump has been waiting over a year and a half now for his border wall that he promised during the 2016 campaign, and we do not have it yet. And personally, I think the only way that you can force Democrats and Republicans to secure our border, is to shut down the government. You cannot use gentleman tactics with these politicians in Washington. I wish that were the case, but it's not. They only respond to hardball. You have to play tough, you have to play mean, and you cannot play fair. Does that mean you have to lack integrity and mislead people? No. I'm just saying you have to play tough, and you can't always play fair in order to get what you want in Washington. And someone who knows this well and analyzes this well is Byron York. Byron York was on with Tucker Carlson on Fox News, and he explains what President Trump needs to do in order to get the border wall. This is clip three. Let's listen. Why do you think that is? Well, I... I think, it, look, it took the president a while to figure out how to work with Congress. And how many times did we, we yes. hear last year? We heard someone say, well, we can get the wall next year, we'll get it next year. Well now, next year is here, and, and it's uh, it's almost August, and it hasn't happened yet. You heard the president at his speech tonight saying he got $1.6 billion. That's not going to do it. We're talking about $25 billion in real money, not promised money. Um, and right. the, the president simply has not focused on this. Members of Congress need to be led. They, they need to be pushed. They need to be cajoled, in some cases bribed, to, for a president to get what he wants. And I think it's taken a while for the president to, to master that art. So right there, Tucker Carlson asked Byron York on Fox News. He says, basically, why hasn't, Trump, why hasn't President Trump gotten his border wall funding? And Byron York lists many reasons there, but he basically says that you're going you're to have to force Congress's hand. You're going to have to play tough with Congress. And he's also correct, Byron York, that is, and that the politicians in Washington always say, we'll get it done next year. Look, let's just get this budget passed. Let's just, you know, get our government funded. And look, next year, I promise we'll circle around and we'll get the wall funding. We'll make it a top priority, and that is now becoming laughable because that is the common theme. Every time the can, uh, every time you come up on on the can at the in the road, they kick it, and they sound so honest and they sound so smart. They say, "Look, we'll get around to it next year," and they come up with all these excuses, all these reasons on why they can't fund the border wall this year. And Byron York says, look, how often can you say this? At some point, you're going to have to do it. Are you? you're discredited. And I would argue that Congress is beyond discredited. I think many of them are just flat-out liars. They're flat-out liars. And I know calling someone a liar is a pretty high bar, but here's the thing. They go on television year after year and they say, I promise we're going to do this. I promise we're going to do this. Matter of fact, I promise we're going to do this next year. And then next year comes around and there is no fight to do what they said they would do. And so that that being the context, they're liars. You say you're going to do something and then you don't do it and you don't even fight for it. That's the definition of... Of a liar. And so Washington, D.C. D. seems all too full of liars. And one of the men who seem to always mislead us is Representative Kevin McCarthy. Representative Kevin McCarthy was on Laura Ingram's show and she asked about this. She talked about this subject of border wall funding and he pulled the hole, we'll get to it next year. This is clip four, let's listen. I think timing is everything. If you you shut down in the 30th, and you've got 60 votes in the Senate, the Democrats would take advantage of that right before the election. Now, let's be very clear. We have put money into the wall. We are currently building the wall, but we have to finish the wall. 25 billion We look billion in the House, we put more money forward. Yeah, we need the yes, money. We got, a, we got a lot further more to go. And in the House, it's not a problem. It's the Senate and the rules of where we go. We've got to pick the right timing when we have this. So there you have it, Kevin McCarthy, the Majority Leader in the House of Representatives, who also, I might add, is running for House Speaker, and he would be a horrible House Speaker, but that's beside the point. My point is, Kevin McCarthy there on Laura Ingram's show, and honestly, Laura Ingram kind of gave him a break there. I mean, she pushed him a little bit on the twenty-five billion, but other than that, she didn't really push him. I would have pushed him so hard that he wouldn't—he would never come on my show again. Because when he says there, he says, you know, th- there's a right time for it, and, and and now's not the right time. Timing is everything. Well, mister Congressman, when is the right time? When is the right time? That's what Laura Ingram should have said. When is the right time? And here's what he would have said. Well, you know, we just need to wait till after the election. Well, mister Congressman, we've been waiting till after the election for twenty years now. And after the election always comes and y'all never do anything. So no, we're not gonna wait till after the election. But the pressure never came on that interview. And he says there he says that he says when he is pushed back a little bit or pushed on a little bit he says we have we have funded the wall we are building the wall and we will continue to build the wall What he's talking about there and that's largely misleading Congress has funded 1.6 billion of President Trump's border wall and much of that 1.6 billion is for repairing current fencing. And so in my opinion it's misleading to say we are building the border wall, the new border wall when in reality much of it is just patching up old fencing. Not to mention 1.6 billion is chump change compared to the 25 billion needed to fund all of President Trump's proposed border wall. And to put this into perspective, I know that when you're talking about billions to your average American, billions is a lot of money. Which one of us would love to have a billion dollars? But when you're talking about our government's federal budget, 25 billion is not that much money. To put this into comparison, the US Department of Defense's budget is over seven hundred billion. And a few months ago, our Congress on two separate occasions sent over eighty or ninety billion dollars to Texas, Florida, Louisiana, and Puerto Rico for hurricane relief money. Over a hundred. And $60 billion within the matter of six months was sent to rebuild homes in the four states I just mentioned. And so that being said, it's not like our government can't find $25 billion to fund the wall. It's that they don't want to. And another aspect of this is that, honestly... I'm tired of politicians, and they do this they do this blatantly on public television. They say, you know, we just need to get past the election. You know, we don't need to hurt our, our chances to win in November. B- but what that says to me is that you're calculating political consequences over the right thing to do. They're always talking about, well, what can we do to get reelected in November? And I can tell you one thing how you get reelected in November is funding President Trump's border wall. That's how you get reelected. But they're all too concerned about the November election and how the public and the media will view them if they fund the border wall. I would argue the Republican voters will view the Republican Party very favorably if they will actually do what they said they would do. But the last thing I'll say about this is I think this is prime time to get Congress and Democrats to cave on the border wall. And the reason I think this is prime time is because it is election season. And the last thing that congressmen and senators want to see happen is the government shut down under their watch. And so that being said, I think President Trump could force their hand and force Congress and the Senate to fund his border wall at least half of it, maybe like $10 billion. But if I was President Trump, I would shut the government down, and I would tell Congress, send me money, send me at least half of the money requested for my border wall, or we're going to keep this puppy shut down until you do. And you know what? We leave it shut down for weeks, months, who cares? 83% of the government keeps running, keeps fully functioning, during a, quote, government shutdown. Everybody gets their paychecks, Social Security checks keep rolling out, military keeps getting funded. And so shut it down, and let's leave it shut down until Congress gets in line. I think that's what President Trump needs to do. And I think many of you who are tired of the political games in Washington would agree with me. On a positive note, um, <clears throat> a job the Jobs Report came out Friday, and the jobs report from the Labor Department's Bureau of Labor Statistics says a record 155,965,000 people were employed in July, the 11th record breaker since President Trump took office 19 months ago. And so the same Bureau of Labor Statistics said this, that the economy in July added 157,000 jobs and the unemployment rate edged down to 3.9%. And so, this is great news for our country. President Trump continuing to create jobs, more Americans are back at work, which is good for the morale of our country, and it's good for American families. And this would not be possible had we voted a Hillary Clinton into office to be president. The last subject that I want to talk about today is Mitch McConnell and the Senate. I know you probably get tired of me complaining about Congress and and all of their non-accomplishments, but I, I I can't just look over a lot of this misleading and this A false uh, representation going on in Washington. I have to cover this stuff. And so, a couple of weeks ago, a matter of fact, a couple of months ago, Senator Mitch McConnell was facing a lot of pressure because of the lack of progress in Congress, specifically in the Senate. And so, Mitch McConnell, appearing to cave to the political pressure, he comes out and he says, Okay, okay, okay. Here's what we're going to do, conservatives. We're going to work through our August recess. We're going to work, continue to work, through what is typically our vacation in August. Well, that sounds great, Mr. McConnell. That sounds great, Senator McConnell. But the reality is he straight-up misled everyone. And some would say... He lied. And so, here's the reality. The Senate, as of Wednesday of this past week, the Senate went on a two-week vacation, despite the fact that Mitch McConnell said, we're going to work through the August recess. And so, to quote Senator McConnell specifically, here's what he said... A few months ago, he said this, quote, As you may have heard, I have canceled the August recess. We have a lot of important work to do as a result of, an, of unprecedented obstruction, end quote. And so there you have it. That's a quote directly from Mitch McConnell saying, as you may have heard, I have canceled the August recess. Well, how bold of you, Mr. McConnell. How bold. I applaud your action. Wait, wait, wait. You just went on vacation. So which one is it? And so, according to Fox News, the Senate cut town mid-afternoon on August 1st, and they are going to be off until August 15th. And so the Senate is not working. And we have these appropriation bills that are sitting in the House and the Senate. There's 12 or 13 of them. And in order to fund our government, which and, and pass a budget, which is due on September 30th, the Congress has to pass all 12 or 13 of those bills. And if they don't pass all 12 of those appropriation bills, then they'll have to do another one of those bloated, 1,000-plus page omnibus bills. And we all know how that goes. We've seen it over and over again. And so as it stands today, Congress is going to get back from their two-week vacation. Man, I wish that every American worker got a two-week, 14-day vacation paid for by the taxpayers of America. But we don't. And so Congress is going to get back. What's going to happen here, folks? I'm going to go ahead and tell you how this is going to go down, and you can mark my word. Congress is going to come back from their vacation, their two week vacation paid for by American taxpayers, and they're going to get back in Washington, and here's going to be the talking points. You know, we just haven't had that much time to work, we, we're on a tight time crunch. And we just need to put it, put a bunch of bills together for the budget. And we just need to get this through, fund our government, make Americans happy because we have an election coming up. That's going to be the talking points. And that's exactly what they're going to do. That's exactly what they're going to do. And the question is, is whether President Trump will bite the bait again. President Trump needs to say enough is enough. I'm tired of the fat budget bills, I'm tired of wasting money, and I want my border wall. And I'm not going to sign a budget, I'm not going to sign a single budget bill till you get me my border wall funding. That's what President Trump has to do, because if you're like me, I'm tired of the games. Tired of the games. Thanks for tuning in to Exposing Washington. We'll be back next Saturday talking more about the swamp and what you can do to make a difference.